0: Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Good morning. Good morning. Grab your Bibles. John chapter 9. And if you don't have a Bible, or if you forgot it, then you can take one of these and make it yours if you need it. So John 9 is where we're going to be. So this, um, the next few weeks and the few weeks that we've led up to, we've been talking about revival. Um, We haven't really given a name to this series because I don't know if there's a name that really works. Um, I thought about it last night. Inspiration could be one. To inspire, the word, if you break it down, means to breathe life into. And through through the sickness that I've had the past year and a half, and especially in the past three months, um, in our community and in our church and our family, God has breathed in. And so in the midst of this tragedy, he's you know, breathed in, and um, this past week, so I was uh, doing these stretches and physical therapy things, and uh, as I was reaching up, like, I'll get these weird pains, and so, like, and the doctors just go, oh, well, whatever, because, you know, they think, well, you've got new lungs, so, so what if you got some muscle pain, so they just focus on the big stuff, but as I'm, I'm realizing, like, I can't lift my arm, and so I'm sitting there And I do what we all do. I'm just like, this just isn't fair. Like, I got kind of ticked. And I got kind of upset, you know, because I'm thinking, I can't even lift my arm. And then I'm thinking through all the other things, like, I mean, peeing your pants every other day, not so cool. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, this just isn't fair. Which is just another way to say, why do bad things happen to good people? Now, I wasn't thinking that necessarily in that frame and that way. But why do these bad things happen? And I think it's something we need to address. And I think that this period of time brings some real clarity to that because we've had a lot of people come up to us and have a hard time with this um, because they go, well, you're a pastor. Like, this shouldn't happen. Like, you're doing, you're trying to do good things so good things should happen to you. And um, I was talking to, to one friend And they were very honest. And they said, when it comes to asking this question, why do bad things happen to good people, really what I'm wondering is, if this can happen to you, does that mean it's going to happen to me? Because I really don't want it to happen to me. And a lot of times when we ask that question, we're not really trying to ask the cosmic question like, why does God let this happen? We're just kind of saying, look, this isn't right. And if I was God, I would do it much differently. Because that's how we look at things. We, we put ourselves in this position of authority, and we put ourselves and our wisdom up against God's. Because things don't make sense to us, and of course God should do things in a way that makes sense to us. Because if we were wrong, then we would think differently, right? Like if we knew we were wrong, we would just think differently. But since we know we're right, then things should be this way. So it's a common question we ask. And when we think things are wrong, then we have to blame. Um, For my health, we've blamed so many different things. In fact, I got a long list. I'll just give you a few of the things. Um, So when the the rheumatoid arthritis first kicked in, uh, one of the things was, um, well, it must be the dryer sheets. Like, you know, we've heard things, well, if you have dryer sheets, they can cause this kind of sickness. Um, Our dog, uh, we had this... had this huge lab, and um, the dog just stresses me out. My wife's like, I knew, it's ginger. Ginger's the one that gave you the sickness. The stress in your life, I mean, that just, the stress brought it up. Um, Certain medicines, and when things started getting worse, well, you gotta start blaming it on the doctors, because the doctors, I mean, if they hadn't prescribed this and done that, it must be their fault. Uh, We've, we've you name it, we've blamed it. Because if something bad happens, you've gotta blame something. And this is not new. This isn't just, oh, this is Southern California. If you look at John chapter 9, you're going to see that this is what the disciples did. In John chapter 9, they basically are asking the question, who do we blame? So if you have your Bibles, open up John chapter 9. And of course, we're going to see what the disciples say, but we really want to look at what Jesus is. What, how is he going to deal with this issue? Because we have to deal with this. We have to say, hey, how are we going to approach this world we live in? How are we going to look at these things? And going through what we've gone through has given this passage a whole new, um, it's a whole new approach for me right now. So John 9, 1 and 2. As he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So they're wondering, who do we blame? Jesus Do we blame the man, or do we blame his parents? And this is a reference back to Exodus 25, where um, they said, you know, that the sins of the Father can go through the generations. So, oh, something bad happened. It's got to be somebody's fault. Who do we blame, Jesus? Now, I've always, you know, when I think of this passage, it's not one I've really studied, but as I've thought about it before, I never realized it was his disciples, who asked the question. I just thought it was just people around, like, hey, who did this? But it was his disciples. His top students, the apostles, they're the ones that asked this question. You'd think they would kind of know the answer ahead of time. you think they wouldn't even ask a question like this, but they do. So who do we blame? Why did this bad thing happen? And Jesus is going to deal with it. Jesus is going to jump right into it, but he's not going to approach it the way they think. And so this is what He says, If you can go to the next slide, JT. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, typically, I'll want to go through the whole chapter and we'll look at things and I'll go back to the Old Testament and the news. We're gonna just stay basically in these three verses and pretty much right here. And something you need to hear right from the get-go is it is not just only in this passage and the way that this is broken down, but in the larger context of how Jesus moves and how God moves, what he is not saying is, oh, you know what? We made this guy blind in the beginning so that God could be glorified. That's not how God works. That has not been his nature. That's not how he's shown himself to be. And so as we look at this passage even deeper and we, and we kind of see it for what it is, We're going to see something come out of there. And I want you to focus on two major places. But this happened so that. See those two words? So that. That's really just one word in the original language. And that gives purpose. Which means there is purpose that can come from this. But this happened so that. In fact, in the book of John, it's used like 11 times. And... Four of the times, it's, it's shoved in the beginning, kind of like to set the pace. So when Jesus is saying something, and John's referring back to it, he's trying to emphasize purpose, like there's purpose here, and it's not just about tragedies, but that God has purposes, and he moves. Things don't just happen, and when things do happen that are because of human decisions, because we've got to be very honest about that, there are consequences to our decisions. So when you look at Exodus 25, and it says the sins of the Father go through the generations, what that means is is there's decisions that we make and things that we do that have consequences, not just to us but to other people. And so when those happen, those can be repurposed, and there can be a purpose brought to it. Like like when I asked um, uh, T-Pain to do uh, that Fleetwood Mac song this morning. I mean, I could see it in uh, his eyes when he had to describe it. Like, I gotta be the one to do this? Because he said, hey, book, why don't you do it? And I go, no, Tyler, why don't you do it? And he's like, oh, what was your idea. You should do it. But as we looked at it, um, he he found the same thing I did. Like, in that song, she did not mean it to be a song that focused on Christ. She was looking back at her history when she was more of a gypsy and flowing and how her life has changed. And she was referring to one of her friends that had passed away when um, they were younger, But in that song, she talks about fear and that she has no more fear because love has come in. And when I heard that, and I actually didn't hear it, um, I saw it on The Voice, and this girl did the song, and I was like, what, what, what? And as soon as I heard it, I thought, that's what we've been going through. And I thought immediately of 1 John 4, and I thought of um, perfect love casts out fear. And so I said, let's do that song. We took that song and we repurposed it. You know, like, I I don't know if you do it at your house. I've not been cool enough to do that, but I'll see people take things that are broken down, and they'll take it, and they'll repurpose it, and they'll turn it into, like, a, a lamp. Are you guys laughing as you do that, or you think, thought about doing it, and you just haven't got around to it? There are consequences, and there are things that I have done that have affected other people. There are consequences to sin, to missing the mark, to not living the way God's called us to. But there still can be purpose in that. We're going to look at that. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. The other thing I want us to look at is the works of God. In some of your translations, it'll say, so the glory of God. But um, this, this is, these are the, the translations I love. This happened so that God's power might be displayed in him. And as we're looking at all this, and for those of you who have been here in this community over the past three months, I want you to think of, the, of this passage and what you have gone through. In seminary, one of the things that stuck in my head the most, and I tell you guys this all the time, you do not have to go to seminary to learn the word of God. But in seminary, there's one thing they said that was Fantastic. He said, if you want to understand the word of God, because, you know, so many times we go, what does this word mean? And I don't know Greek. And what does the commentary say about this? And what about that? And what does the Old Testament say? And then we all feel like outgunned and out of our pay scale, so we can't understand the Bible because it's too complicated. And this guy said, look, if you want to understand the word of God, then look at the actions of God. If you want to understand the word of God, then look at the actions of God. And if you've been around, you have seen the actions of God. You have seen the works of God. You have seen him move. And so if you want to understand the word, just watch him move. Watch his acts. But this happened so that the power of God might be displayed in him. Another, um, that word work is often used in John's gospel uh, for miracles. And as we've talked about with miracles, the word miracle Um, It means uh, sign. It's a sign, like a sign that points somewhere. So when there's a miracle, we're not just supposed to sit there and go, oh, look at the the miracle. Like you don't drive down the freeway and you see the in and out sign, and you don't go, oh, look at that in and out sign. Look at that big burger. And some of them have like the smoke coming out of them. You don't ever pull over and just sit there because that's not the purpose of it. You're like, oh, good, because I've been looking for those. Like even if you're not hungry and you see that sign... You're like, I'm going, that's where I'm headed because that's the purpose of a sign. And this happened so that the miracle, the sign of God that points to God might be displayed in who? In the blind man. Through this whole, we, we, haven't, come, we haven't come up with a good name for it. I mean, we call it the beautiful ugly, but there's too many syllables. So, you know, there's times when like the moment, like the moment that I was supposed to die and then the other two moments, like, what do we call that? And, you know, you know it's like, kind of like the B.C. and the A.D. Like, life is different from my family before and after. And so we call it the crazy. The moment on December 31st when the doctor said, all right, Stephanie, you need to come up here, Mrs. Rose, because, um, well, you need to get here. Your husband's not doing well. And so the family came up and, you know, all of you were involved in coming here the next day and praying and all that God did at that time of the crazy that happened, I believe, so that God could repurpose this whole situation to display his power. The kind of work that only God could do. And actually, we were on this beach. My kids were doing a paddle race, and uh, this person walked up, and we'll, have, we'll walk around now, and there's people we know, and they'll just come up to us, and they'll just start crying. Um, and there's other people we don't know that'll come up to us, and they'll just start crying. Hi, nice to meet you. And they'll just start talking about what they've seen. And this, this lady came up and she said, for the rest of my life, when I ever wonder, is there a God? I can point to this moment and no one can ever take it away from me because I know what God did in your life and I know there's a God. That's amazing. For us to be able to be a part of that this happened so that the works of God might be displayed. To be displayed means that it's seen. It's very simple. Very simple statement. Might be seen so that people may see this. Jesus is saying this about a blind man. A man born blind. But there needs for it to be repurposed. We have to be involved in that process. Can you go to the next verse, JT. It goes on in verse 4 and 5 to say as long as it is day we must do the works of him who sent me night is coming when no one can work while I am in the world I am the light of the world this is Jesus speaking Now sometimes you just have to rephrase it or paraphrase it differently and so I saw this one commentator do it and I I just stole it because I think it's perfect because in in your bible I don't know if you know this but in the new testament there's no grammar There's no commas, there's no capital letters or lowercase letters, there's no quotation marks. We put all those in. And sometimes when we do that, we can miss certain things. We can put a period somewhere where maybe there shouldn't be a period. So I want us to look at, um, uh, if you go to the next, I think it's the very next slide. And this is a possible translation of of three and four. Because um, you'll see where it says, but so that the work of God might be displayed. When it says, but so that, that's that word we were talking about, that repurposing. And in the book of John, four of the 11 times that it's used, they take that word and they put it in the beginning of the sentence to give direction. So if we were to put it in the beginning right here, and then we were to take out one of the periods, it seems to flow better and have better context and have, well, like I said, the acts of God interpret the word of God. And let's look at how this sounds now. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but so that the work of God might be displayed in his life, we must. It's putting it together, isn't it? Like it's not separating it out. Like, hey, and let's say something else. But if you put them together like they're actually standing next to each other in the original language and we redo the commas, it makes more sense. But so that the work of God might be displayed in his life, we must do the work of him who sent me while it is still day. To repurpose these tragedies and these, the consequences of sin, to do these things, we have a part in it. And Jesus calling his disciples saying, we must do the work of him, referring to God, who sent me while it is still day. A few uh, weeks ago, Steph and I, um, it was my first time coming back to be with you on a Sunday morning. And um, it, was, it was a very anxious time for me because I'd been gone so long. And so we came up to just to give you an update. But really, we came to say thank you because of all that you sacrificed and, and done for me and for my family during this time. And so uh, me and Steph and the kids were up front. And you all just stood up and started clapping. And I, I mean, I, I couldn't really handle it because I'm thinking, why are you standing up and clapping for us when we, we're, that's why we're standing here right now to do that to you. And, um, and I said something to that effect. Like, you know, we should be directing our attention to you and also to what God's done and you're doing it for us. So someone from the church sent me an, an email and it was so helpful for me. Um, so I'll read, read you a portion of it. In regards to your comment yesterday that the applause isn't for you and that you didn't do anything, dot, dot, dot. That cheering, whistling, pounding, and clapping was all for you. Every tear in the crowd was for you. Every smile and every grin was for you. Every heart beating wildly was for you. Everyone that came to service was for you, and here is why. And as he begins to describe this, I want you to hear this, the acts of God interpret the word of God. He says, we are living in an overstimulated world where we can look up the answer to every worldly question and get an answer in seconds. However, Google or Wikipedia cannot give us the answer to the ultimate question. Is someone listening? Does God exist? Most of us won't admit it, but we would love to have some proof. You are a living breathing, walking, talking example that our prayers were answered. You are proof that he is listening. You fill the many of us whose tanks were running low on faith. Which is another way to say that he saw the work of God being displayed and it built him up and encouraged him. When we ask that question, why do bad things happen to good people? We're asking the wrong question. In fact, as we ask that question, we're showing that we're blind because we're not opening up our eyes to the opportunities, the possibilities, and understand that every tragedy, every adversity, every bit of suffering, as much as it sucks, and we've got to be honest about that. We can't go, well, this is a good thing. woohoo!" I mean, let's be honest. That's not how we feel. We don't have to fake it. I mean, there are tragedies galore that are happening in just this room. There are people that are maybe not here this Sunday, but are part of this community that are going through divorce, that are injured. There's someone in our church this this week that got hit by a car working on a fence. Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. You're like, wait, what? That's not fair. People shouldn't just be getting hit by cars. Some of you are going through divorce. Some of you have been cheated on. Some of you have had someone steal from you, and it's changed everything. Some of you have done the stealing. We look at this that happens. We don't celebrate that, but it's an opportunity to be repurposed and for God to display his power in it. And we must do the work of him who sent us while it is still day. We have that opportunity. In fact, the question Let's turn the question upside down, just like this passage was turned upside down. Instead of us asking, why do bad things happen to good people? Let's ask, why do good things happen to bad people? Why does grace happen to people who haven't earned it? I mean, we are in the midst of God's grace. As I was going through this, I was that's, that's the message that God gave me above all other things. And the reason I think God let me come back, because as I've shared before, I was all ready to go to paradise. I was pumped on the idea. And you should be too. Because what awaits us is beyond what you could imagine. However, the desire of my heart was I want to share this love that you are communicating me to God, this love that I've never, that is washing over me Like never before. Like I understand I don't have to earn anything. I knew it up here, but now I know it here. And I want everybody else to know that that's for them. That you recklessly love us. I want everybody to know that. Give me the opportunity to tell more people that. Give me that. Give me the opportunity to tell more people that grace is not fair. It is ridiculous that we get this. And you don't have to do anything. Do you know that? You may know it here, but I want you to know it here. This this whole beautiful ugly was all worth it. Um, one of my best friends, dearest friends uh, from high school, um, Paul is, is here. He's um, up here in the front, and um, I mean we've been through a lot together, and he came, uh, and and. Luckily, I'm not gonna give him a mic so that he can tell all these stories. But he shared with me uh, on the phone a few weeks ago, he said, um, this whole thing has transformed my marriage. He lives in El Salvador, and he was following Steph's um, blogging and, and updating. And he said, it, it, for Vaisal and I, it has transformed our marriage. And he said, for me, and, and this is a man of faith, <laughs> but he said, for me, it has transformed my faith. And he goes, um, he said, I've made an oath. And you're like, an oath? Well, he's Catholic. You know how they are. <laughs> and so Paul said, you know, I've made an oath. And I'm like, uh-oh. And he goes, you have to hold me to it. I'm like, all right, what is He goes, Christ is Lord of my life. He's always had faith. He's always walked with Christ. But as we know, like, we can walk with Christ, but that's different than saying Christ is Lord. And he's the boss. And I said, so, okay, all right. So we talked about other stuff. He's, he's, um, he, he's committed his life to serving the poor. He's done that for years. Um, and I said, so, you know, with your job, what do you think of me? He goes, I said, is it going to change? What are you going to do? Because, you know, he was talking about traveling and, you know, maybe not traveling as much. And I said, so what that, what's that going to look like? He goes, I already told you. I made an oath. Christ is Lord. We'll see what he says. This is all worth it so that the work of God might be displayed. I don't know what you guys are going through. I don't know what you're facing. But you will face something if you're not facing it right now. As we looked at the past few weeks, Jesus said in John 16, 33, You will have troubles, but be bold, have courage, because I have conquered life what is all about. I hope that you can begin to not think about what is wrong, but instead say, wow, grace. Grace is not fair, but it's real, and you have it. You have God's grace, and may we be freed up to share that with more people. Through our tragedies and through their tragedies, may we commit ourselves so much to him that he opens up the door so that his power His goodness, his reckless love will be displayed. If you could um, stand with me. I want to lead us in prayer. The worship team is um, going to lead us in songs of prayer. And if it's easier for you to pray sitting down, do that. Um, The offering is going to go around. You can put your connection cards in it. Um, If you're visiting, it's really just for people at Branches that say, hey, it's more convenient for them. But um, use this time to pray. Father God, may your power, may your goodness be displayed in our lives. And Lord, we definitely are not looking for adversity. We're not looking for detours off of our plans, but We confess to you, Lord, that we want more than anything to see your love, to see you move, to like uh, my friend said in that email, to know that you exist. And Lord, we have seen you. And no one can take that away from us. But Lord, show us how to freely give it away. Show us how to tell others to walk with them, to care for them, so that your power, your love, may be displayed. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.